Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, I have with me Mike Aker. Mike is an executive communication coach, a keynote speaker, and an author of 10 books, including the best-selling book, Speak With No Fear, and the upcoming book, Speak With Confidence, published by Wiley. Mike is a recognized expert in communication and executive presence. Mike, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your show. So I want you first to tell the Success Secret Nation what does success mean to you and what do you think generally people get wrong about success or you don't agree with in that regard? Success is both an action and an event. So as an event, success is when you accomplish that which you set your mind to or that which you are trying to achieve. It's the end destination. So success is if I say I want to weigh 200 pounds and I reach it, I was successful. But a lot of times we only talk about the event. When you when you build that million dollar business, when you write the book, when you get out there as a speaker. But there's another way of success, and that's really as an action. And it's the daily activities that are going to take you. So success isn't the all encompassing end goal it's actually what you do along the way so as an event it's one thing achieving that which you set your mind to is achieving the goal but as an action it's what you do daily to get you to your desired destination well, that's awesome it's because it's it's something it's like a compound effect it's not just a result because eventually when we reach our goal we also as a human want to achieve something more right how do you think now you are a communication uh, coach so how do you think how important communication is for any human in general and specifically for entrepreneurs and business owners? Yeah, communication is not just speaking. So there's speaking. So in my book, Speak with Confidence, I really talk about what it looks like to have that ability to believe in yourself and get your point across and speak. But there's other ways to communicate too. Of course, writing is an easy one, emailing, but there's also nonverbal communication. Yeah. There's a lot of communication that happens. Ultimate communication is passing your ideas, getting your point, getting some kind of content, material, thought, ideas, story, whatever it might be, over to another person. And sometimes you communicate, but you don't connect. So you just throw it out there, but there's no connection. So ultimate true communication, whether through speaking or another modality, is getting that idea across to another person and that they can pick it up. Now that's huge for any of us because if you're married, you wanna make sure that you get your ideas across. If you have kids, you wanna make sure you get your ideas across. If you're a public speaker, I train public speakers. 
And so when public speakers go up on stage, they need to not just speak at their audience, they need to speak to their audience and get the point across to their audience. So that's huge. And then if you're an entrepreneur, well, <laughs> you're not going to be building a business if you can't connect to, if you can't communicate, if you can't get that idea across, your sales pitch across, your hiring pitch across to the other person. So you will fail as an entrepreneur if you can't communicate. And a huge part of that type of communication is public speaking. So, so much of what I talk about there is extremely relevant for an entrepreneur. So now to me, I get that, that communication is basically first thing is two-way street. It's someone who's giving and receiving, who's doing the communicating and someone who's listening the, on the other side and vice versa, right? This is one thing. And also, like you mentioned, the nonverbal con- communication, which is, I don't know, I read an article years ago, I think, that it counts for like more than 50% of our communication in general. A human person, when they communicate, they communicate more than 50%. Correct yeah. me if, if I am wrong. Non-verbal ways. So how do you see yeah. these two things? Yeah, absolutely. So non-verbal communication, meaning that you're not using the words, not the word part of it. So if you were just to tune in and you didn't actually speak the language that we're speaking right here in English, and yet you see us and you hear the sound of our voice, the up and the down, the fast and slow, and then the volume, you would hear that. So you hear the sound, you watch the movement and you would you would say, oh, they're having a conversation about this. Uh, they, you would have a basic idea of what we're doing. So that's the nonverbal part of it. And it really ultimately nonverbal unless you 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 don't pronounce words and you are in a mute community, which is a good case in point of nonverbals. But ultimately, if you're not producing content, producing words, it, it's going to be empty without the nonverbal. So you need both. And there are researchers that say that 60 to 90 percent of your communication is your nonverbal. In other words, I was talking with one person and he leans in. He says, all right, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you guys are here. And I said, well, how do you feel about your audience? He said, I just told you. In other words, his communication in his mind was, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. But the way that he said it, both the tone and the physical nonverbal showed that it was not really feeling that way or disproved or contradicted what he was saying. And I talk about that in my book, that there's actually three parts, your verbal, your nonverbal, physical, your nonverbal tonal, and you want all three. Yeah, that's that's important. Like like me, for example, as I mentioned earlier, before we hit the recording going live, like I started going live with this uh, recordings because I want to improve myself It's as a host, as a podcast yeah. host. So like, for example, you mentioned the tone, it's very important. So, and the energy. So how do we like, for example, put ourselves in a place of authenticity and let us have a higher energy to to be present at the, at the, at the certain moment? Yeah, you, you need to separate what is you and what makes you look good. So for example, I am me and there's a lot of components of, of what make me me. And I'm not trying to change who I am when I meet someone else, but there are things I can do to make myself look better for that audience. So for example, if I'm going to go to a sports activity, I should probably wear the sports uniform, the sport sporting clothes, 
If I'm going fishing, I should probably look like that. If I'm going to some kind of religious setting and it's some kind of clothing that you're supposed to wear there, you should look like that. If you're in a business setting, it looks more professional. So depending on what you do, that's all stuff that you wear. So a lot of the nonverbal skills that you have and the tone, the volume, those are ways to make you look and sound like you fit in the room. And so if you go into a room and even if you're a quiet person, but everybody's talking loud and you decide, well, I'm a quiet person, so I'm going to be quiet. No, no, no. Just because you're a person who's reserved doesn't mean you have to talk quiet. You can be reserved and yet also be loud. And so you need to understand the difference between who you are and what you do. So you might be in any kind of job, and that doesn't mean that you're whatever. Who you are doesn't doesn't need to always, um, or what you do doesn't always need to represent exactly who you are or what you naturally are inclined to do. You can change what you're inclined to do so that you can come across the way you want to. Some of us, like you mentioned, a lot of like I don't know what the percentage is, but some of us are reserved back. We don't like to confront things. So, like you mentioned now recently when you were talking now, like if someone is quiet and holding on and does not want to show their presence aloud, is that something good or is that something not good in the form of that that person shows confidence or not? Because sometimes we look at people who have a loud voice that they are confident people, people with a very slow, low voice, they are not confident people. So does that play any role into this? Yeah, so what I love to remind people of is the scene in Hitch. I think it shows up in like three or four of my books. I've written a ton of books. Speak with No Fear is the first one. Speak with Confidence is the latest one. So two bookends right there. And in both of those books, I talk about this story. So in the movie Hitch with Will Smith, he would take guys that are great on the inside, amazing people, very yeah. kind people, generous, loving people. The problem is they didn't know how to show up. They didn't know how to dress. They didn't know how to look. They didn't know how to act external. So he would take people that he loved the internal part of them, but then he would change the external so that the beautiful women they were going after would take note of them. And there was one guy who acted great on the outside, but was a jerk on the inside, and he rejected. So we're not talking about faking it and never making it. No, we're talking about what are you made of on the inside, but then showing that on the outside. And so if uh, my favorite scene is when the guy says, I don't know, these shoes aren't me. And Hitch says, you bought these shoes. You look good in these shoes. Use a flexible concept. So he doesn't change the guy. He just shows them better. And that's what we do. Yes, if you are not talking loud, then you probably need to find a little bit, uh, stress yourself, buy those shoes, move into those shoes, move into the skills so that you look better. Yeah, that, that's an amazing example. But like also you mentioned, sometimes it's like we related to rejections from people. Like if people not used to us in expressing our opinions more or communicating more, like we're low on communication, let's say. Sometimes it's like the fear of communication, I guess, so, or something like that. Does that happen into play or to people really fear to communicate better or to improve themselves or just, just because as humans, we always love to not change in general, right? Yeah, it could be fear, but it could be something else. I mean, how many people 
look at their bodies and go, I wish I lost some weight. I wish I gained some muscle. I wish I did this or that, but then they don't do it. So most people, most people who are, when, when they gain weight, they realize, you know, this is not ideal for me, but it takes work. And really public speaking is the same. People go, I'm not a good public speaker, but it takes work. Well, what if I told you that losing, you know, take an example of a person who's maybe hundred pounds overweight and you say, what I tell you, what if I could tell you it's possible, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you look better. It's going to give you pay raises. It's going to make your quality of life better. It's going to make you live longer. What if I could tell you all that? They still have to decide where they're going to go for it. Now, public speaking, it's a universal advantage. So what if I told you that if you invested some money in yourself, bought a book, signed up for a program, I coach people who want to be public speakers and professionals. What if I told you that I could help you make more money? I have so many clients who, after getting more confident in speaking, made more money. What if I could tell you that you would you would sleep better? I got so many clients when they start working with me, they're so nervous. What if I could tell you that you'll look better because you're confident and confidence shines? And so some people go, yeah, I'm in just like in physical working out. And some people say, nah, I'm not going to do it. And why? Well, there's a ton of different reasons why. If we are going to walk through with an example of, of your framework of how do you do that with your clients? Uh, how do you start with that? And what, let's say, the steps exactly that will get people from point A to B to have more confidence and be a better speaker or a better engager, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So the amazing part is all of that is in my book, Speak with Confidence. So if you're here and you don't want to pay for a coach, but you want to get an audiobook, or you want to get a Kindle or you want to get a paperback, Speak with Confidence is that pathway. So it starts with understanding who you are because your identity shows up in your speaking. I mean, even going back to the Hitch example, he's not trying to change your identity. Like, who are you? He says, who are you? What are you about? No, let's make you show, look good. And likewise, when you're speaking, you got to shore up on those internal parts. Like, here I am. This is what I do. This is what I do well. And then from there, from there, you start working on your messaging, how you think. So first of all, it's who I am. Second of all, it's what I say. And then third of all, it's how I say it. So it's identity. It's your message. It's your skills. Those are the three components that will make you from wherever you are to where you want to go. How can any person in general, like, it's like we are talking about the identity. Sometimes it's like we're talking about some kind of purpose. Yeah. Any person. So how we can identify that identity and how can people, for, for example, discover that? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to sound like a book commercial, but this is like exactly what I talk about in another book of mine where I talk about an identity workbook. It's just like a small one. And what I walk through people is like, what are your values? What is your dream? What are your goals? What is your mission? What is your vision? What are you about? And then coming up with, oh, this is who I am. And then using the framework for your identity, the, the three different aspects uh, found in like what chapter six or something to speak with confidence. I talk about, you need to know what you appreciate about yourself, what you accept about yourself and what you want to improve. So then you have this identity. You're like, okay, I've studied myself. I know myself. I figured myself out. I realize what my strengths are, my, what my weaknesses are. I have studied me and I've decided what I appreciate about myself, what I accept about myself and what I need to improve. The problem is a lot of people are trying to improve things they need to accept and they're accepting things that they need to improve. 
but you need to really look at your life. Take a moment, study who you are, understand who you are, make peace with who you are, like yourself, and then you can stand up. When you like yourself, then you can sell better. And it's so true. When you like yourself, you can sell your ideas better, your relationship better, all these different areas. And that all comes from liking your identity, liking who you are. And also liking yourself will lead us to believing in the, for example, the third step is, which is the skills and building these skills. Because in general, like if we're talking about that example that you put in the movie Hitch, like when some guy looks at himself in the mirror and does not think that he's good looking enough for more beautiful women than he is, for example, if that's the, if that's the major. So right. you will have the ability to have more confidence, boost your self-esteem and put more time into the skills that you need to improve. Absolutely. So if you if you can if you can develop your confidence on the inside, then it will show up on the outside. Likewise, if you if you work on some outside stuff, it can affect the inside. So just even think about going out and putting on your favorite clothes. It just makes you feel better. And so when you change the outside, you get that new haircut, it makes you feel a little bit more, more full of swag. Also, when you know what you say. So those three confidence builders are identity, message, and skills. And it's really, it's the framework that I developed for people to speak with confidence. So do you think like, for example, in general, in psychology, they talk about self-actualization. Do you think that has to do with, with confidence? Because like we mentioned, we're talking here about the more confidence you have, the more you will level up yourself to achieve higher goals. And whether it's in your business or your life or as a speaker, whatever it is, you will go step beyond dry. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can level up your speaking, it will start showing up in so many other areas of life. Often, when you are bad at speaking, not not always. Sometimes people are extremely confident and they're still bad at speaking. But often, when you're bad at speaking and you know you're bad at speaking. It's a symptom that something's happened on the inside. Mm. So a lot of people who are insecure and nervous about public speaking, there's something going on the inside. And if they could fix the inside, they could change the outside. Yeah. So like we mentioned, sometimes there are some kind of external factors and internal one. Maybe some of the externals that you mentioned, maybe how the way we dressed, right? But are there other some things that are external out of our control that we can improve or is it? It's not an excuse. Like, for example, some people telling someone who's, you are not good enough, you are not worthy enough. This kind of confidence think that reflecting from other people into our own brain. So how do you think this affects someone who's trying to improve themselves in communication to be a better communicator? I think for anybody who wants to improve themselves, I, I would suggest this. Dive into who you are. Learn how to organize your thoughts more. And then take on one to two, three skills. Don't try to do everything all at once. Maybe one here, one here, one here. Ultimately, start with who you are and then work on how you think. Maybe one thing right there and then ultimately one skill. And then just keep on one-upping and one-upping. When you do that, it will show up in other areas of your life again and again and again. So I think I read somewhere in your blog, I believe, well, you say where you are is not where you stay, right? So how does that come into 
into what we are talking about here about communication and confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So I say that again and again, and it's really true in, in every place. So a lot of people don't believe they can get better. And as a result, they never will. So if I don't believe I can lose weight, I'm not going to put the weight. I'm not going to put the effort into it. If I don't believe I can get that job, I'm not going to apply for that job. If I don't believe that that girl will say yes to me, then I'm not going to ask her out. If I don't believe that I'm going to be a good father, I'm not going to try to be a father. So often we have a belief that we can't get there. As a result, we never try. Likewise in communication. If we don't believe that we can get there, then we won't try to get there. I'm just, this is just me. This is just who I am. No, 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 P.S. You are you, and that's what you're doing. And just like that guy, if he goes, this is not me. No, yeah, whatever. You can change your shoes. It's not that big of a deal. Change your shoes. Just buy some new shoes, and then you got some shoes, and you look better in the shoes, according to Hitch. So BS on just you being a bad communicator. I just ramble. It's just who I am. I'm just full of fillers. I'm just I'm just a timid, reserved person. I'm just whatever you are. Where you are is not where you have to stay. And you need to believe that. And again and again, I mean, there's so many stories and you can look at cross communication, leadership, wealth, business, family, all kinds of different situations that you could see that where somebody started is not necessarily where they need to end. And when you believe that, and when you really believe that, and you get out of the victim mindset, you get out of the limiting beliefs, then you can make that change. But until you believe that you can become a better speaker, you won't. One of the best practices I hear a lot is like, for example, to practice in front of a mirror and talk to yourself, whether it's talking to yourself about positive affirmation, positive talks, or have something prepared and talk to the mirror about it. So you will develop this kind of skill. So what do you think are... The best, uh, let's say, ways to do that. Yeah, so absolutely good to be in front of the mirror. And it's a great way to practice and it's a great way to bring awareness. The problem is sometimes we're doing something that we don't know is actually bad. So practice makes permanent. The more Mm -hmm. that you practice something, the more that you'll do it. So if I go out shooting basketball and I use both my hands and my elbows are on the outside and I shoot up, and I keep on practicing, I'm going to get better at making it in and targeting it in. But years of basketball have shown that that's not the best way to actually shoot and aim a basketball. We know that it's actually elbow in and you got one arm that's really throwing the ball and the other one's guiding the ball and then you release and then you follow up and there's a whole part to it, right? So basketball, even though you could throw it with both arms and throw your your elbows out and throw it in there, If you keep on practicing that, you will get better, but you'll be limited. So you need someone to come along and say, hey, you know, there's a better way to throw. Instead of throwing with both hands with the elbows out, throw with one hand, use the other one as a guide, and then use your legs and all that kind of stuff. And then the person goes, oh, so it's not just practice that makes perfect. Practice makes permanent, but perfect practice makes perfect. And the only way you can do that is get that guidance. And so you need somebody, whether it's a book or whether it's a video or or really ultimately somebody who can see you and what you're doing and go, hey, here's what you're doing. Did you know that? I guess that's why they have coaches in sports in, in every sport. So, <laughs> so yeah. that, uh, in a good way and faster. I know that I have read that you grew up in Mexico, I think, right? Yeah. Did that shape you in any way? Absolutely. Absolutely shaped me. One is I had grown into my confidence 
after overcoming a speech impediment and moved to Mexico and had to learn how to speak another language and communicate in front of other people. One of the biggest things that I learned was that that I changed my identity or how I saw myself or tried to change my identity to match the the external the external reception I got from my peers. So as I was in in school, I would get up in front of people and everybody would laugh. Now I was more of a teacher's pet, but I actually became a class clown. And the reason why is because when I spoke and had a horrible Spanish, everybody laughed. And so then I leaned into it instead of making them feel like, oh, they're laughing at me. Oh, they're laughing at what I do. I'll do funny things. So their perception of me, their, their treatment of me changed. Just like if we call someone a loser all the time, if they believe those words, they, they lean into that identity. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, thankfully, I was able to overcome that and get to a spot where I was confident and uh, overcame that partly by talking to myself differently, speaking to myself differently, and overcoming a lot of different challenges to become a confident person. And then I moved again back to the United States and had to start over. But it was it was a very interesting time on reflecting on my identity. So I would just say this to people, be careful of the words that other people say to you. Met, match those words with what is real and get a grounded sense of reality. Who am I really? They all say I'm this. They all say I'm geeky or smart or blessed or whatever, whatever. Match it with your reality and you choose the labels. Don't just let people label you. That's very important. Like to label yourself, like we talked about earlier about the negative people around other people. So the, the ones that try to put you down all the time, you want to stay away from these uh, kind of people in general because they are not helping in any way. So can you add something I might have missed asking you about? There's so much that we could go into, but here's what I would just tell people right here, that if you're looking to build confidence, if you work on stage for confidence, then it'll actually build up into other areas of life. So your on-stage confidence translates. So if you just want to be more confident in yourself, so if you want to be more confident in your work, if you want to be more confident in your appearance, then set a goal for yourself to go speak at some different events. And the work that you do towards there, the successful habits that you do along the way to get to the event of success will help you become confident even before you stand on stage. Mm. Think about like training physically for an event. If I'm going to go run a race, but meanwhile I'm training along the way, then I'm getting physically fit along the way, not just when I get to the event. So your, your training for that speaking event will help you be confident on the path to that event. Definitely. Everything needs a bit of time. Nothing just comes, there's no magic in life, I guess. So nothing comes different around the next day. You have to take your time. You have to practice whatever it is that you do, whether it's sports, speaking, communication skills. It takes time. And uh, when you put a goal to yourself, you will uh, reach it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Mike, where can people get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yeah, so mikeacker.com, that's A-C-K-E-R, mikeacker.com is a great place to do it. You can also find me elsewhere on the internet if you just even type in Mike Acker. If you go to Amazon or your favorite bookstore, you can type Mike Acker and get my books there. Speak with Confidence will be the book I would recommend. If you get Speak with Confidence, it will help you level up, not just in your speaking but in so many other areas of life. 
Well, Mike, thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Grid podcast. Amazing insights and uh, tips that you have provided us and the Success Grid Nation. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.